Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire, and as you guys can tell, Tammy is not here, and you know what that means. I have an awesome guest with me today. Um, so excited to speak to him. It is the dearly departed Sam Stein from The Punisher. Uh, yeah. Joining me today is the man himself, Michael Nathanson. Yay, hello. We give everyone Thank a clap. You. There you go. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Thank you so much, much for coming on. Uh, yeah. it's, it's so cool to talk to you. And you're, um, I was going to ask as well, you, uh, you're calling from New York. You're in Brooklyn, is that correct? I do. I live in Brooklyn. I, I can't give out my exact address. And, <laughs> you know. Although somebody found, somebody sent me a fan letter yeah. like, to my address, my wow. home address. I was like, that's a little scary. Yeah, that is scary. I where I live. Yeah. Can you just like look that up online somewhere, like where everyone I, lives? I don't know. That's, that's kind of scary, though. Yeah. out there somewhere. But yes, mm, from yeah. Brooklyn, somewhere undisclosed in Brooklyn. Undisclosed in Brooklyn. Well, I was going to say, because obviously they do a lot of filming um, for the Netflix shows in Brooklyn. I mean, it's all based around New York. I know Daredevil, they film a lot in Williamsburg. Um, when myself and my co-host Tammy were in New York uh, a few years ago, we did the little mini Daredevil tour of Williamsburg, which was fun. And we went and had a, a drink Man. in the pub and we saw Nelson and Murdoch. You know, that was cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's, it's quite cool because now you see sort of bits and pieces of Brooklyn in the shows and you're like, oh, there it is. Um, uh, now, that, now that I'm unemployed from, from that show, I should totally give my own tour. Like, uh, you like should. The based, like the guy that Kramer was based on, you know, <laughs> yeah. just give those tours, like his own Seinfeld tours. Well, you know what? I, I did a superhero tour of, of New York when I was there. Um, and the guy, he didn't know that much, to be honest. I think I knew oh. more than him about like geeky stuff. So you could do that instead. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> not places I could actually take people to, but uh, probably probably a couple. What's so funny is there's so many places that are supposed to be Hell's Kitchen because I'm from New York City. There's so many places in, yeah. that take, supposed to take place in Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil, and every time they're in like the Upper East Side, I'm like, I scream at the TV. I'm like, Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, well, we were staying in Hell's Kitchen when we were in New York, and we were like. You know, it's so different, obviously, to how it is and how Daredevil was when they wrote the comics and, you know, how it used to be. And um, yeah. the one thing that felt daredevil was we could see a water tower outside our hotel and that felt very daredevil you know. Yeah, you um, uh, I mentioned to you before, but I will say on the podcast, happy birthday for yesterday. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, going to give you a shout out so the listeners can hear and wish you a happy birthday as well. Yay, thank you. <laughs> um, so obviously you're a big comic book fan. Um, I've read some interviews as well where you sort of said that, you know, this role being in The Punisher is like a dream come true. Um, what kind of comics were you into sort of growing up? Were you more of a Marvel fan or a DC fan? I, I was both, you know. Growing up, I was always a big X-Men fan and I loved, I loved Spider-Man and I loved um, Hulk and I loved... Uh, the Avengers and Iron Man, all that stuff. Like I, I kind of ran. I, I read a, a ton of stuff. I was also a big DC fan. Though. I've always mm -hmm. been a huge Batman fan. I've, I've not made any. Uh, I've not been shy about that on on uh, on social media too. I love <laughs> Batman. Still love Batman. Um, yeah. And you know, I came of age in the '80s, where like you know, sort of in the mid '80s, late '80s, when like a lot of the darker sort of graphic novels were coming out, and they were sort of taking a you know, comics were taking a different turn, and I was I was telling somebody the other day in, in an interview, I was really in love with the the Nam series. Remember the Vietnam series, mm -hmm. the comic books, the Nam. That was a great great series, and I loved sort of that the sort of nihilistic kind of antihero uh, uh, kind of versions of, of superheroes that started coming out, and Frank Miller started doing stuff. Mm -hmm. and, um, that's kind of where I like really came of age. And I think that really sort of set the tone for like my where my sort of like geek 
geek brain goes, which is sort yeah. of like sort of darker, darker superhero-y kind of, kind of stuff. You were in the right Marvel show then, weren't you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I never, <coughs> truth be told, I mean, I was never a huge Punisher reader. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I knew some of the comics, and of course I knew the character. Um, yeah, be, I mean, being in this universe is just so cool. Like, being a part of, you know, sort of fantasy folklore um, is just like, it's crazy. Like, it's bizarro mm. you know it's like i've entered a bizarro world and and uh i was saying to somebody the only the only thing that would be that would be even more like sort of pinch myself would be being in a star wars movie um, oh yeah that because I, I was talking about somebody asked me once like oh you know what was it like being in the punisher said did you go every day and we're just like oh my god i can't believe i'm here blah, blah. And i was like no you know it's, it was kind of like a job like everything else mm-hmm. but because it wasn't like there were so so many sort of there was so much iconography surrounding mm-hmm. me you know i was in a lot of offices and you know, investigating things, and, you know, there were, like, you know, at one point, there was a big Anvil banner, and I'm like, oh, that's Anvil, or whatever, and, like, you know, I, I could walk across the soundstage and go look at the battle van, or go look at Micro's lair, and things mm. like that, but um, I think if I was, like, on a Star Wars set, and there was just, like, you know, wall to wall, <laughs> I'd just be, I don't know if I could, like, function, I don't know if I would, like, I'd have to catch my breath, I'd have to, like, with this, I was able to keep my fanboying in check, and with that, I, I don't think I could, but, uh, but, yeah, it was it was great, man, it was a, it was a very cool sort of, um, yeah, like, waking dream kind of experience. You're officially part of the Marvel Universe now, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you if you had, like, your... If you could be cast, then, as any kind of comic book character, DC, Marvel, Image, Joke. whatever you want. Joker. Nice. So what are we yeah. thinking more kind of... What sort of take on Joker would you say? Definitely Joker. Yeah? That'd be awesome. They do that need a fun. new Joker. Jared Letter's not coming back, I don't think. There you go. Thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree. I, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagen Jared Leto listens to this podcast, but um, yeah, Jared Leto kind of manages to ruin almost every movie that he's in. It's, mm. it's, it's quite interesting, except when he's playing like an actual human being. Like, I thought he was great in Dallas Buyers Club, and mm-hmm. I think he's. I thought he was good in Fight Club. I mean, I don't know what his role was. It wasn't like so deep or anything, but he's been. He's done some like good roles, but like every time he tries to do something sort of sci-fi or wacky like mm-hmm. i thought he was the worst part of blade runner me too i was just gonna say yeah, yeah. I, like, I was I, very I, aware that he was acting the whole film oh, yeah he's on these like characters and they just don't they don't it, it's almost like in his mind he's like oh i have to do this sort of comic book mm-hmm. style or something or <laughs> this sort of hyper real style but enough about jared leto let's it's more about me <laughs> it's all about I, you I, no i love the joker i mean i i i thought heath ledger just you know mm-hmm. he blew of the water he was just so so wonderful and brilliant and i definitely steal elements of his style for for different things whenever i have to play a bad guy there's definitely a little bit of heat letter joker in almost nice. all my bad auditions but um yeah i think i could do something really cool with with the joker i think i would i think i'm more in line i think energy wise and kind of intensity wise um i think i, I think i could do a pretty pretty cool joker i'm just saying it's never gonna happen <laughs> You, you know, hear that, DC? Um, you hear that? <laughs> but, I like, yeah, but I like that, like, the brutal sort of death in the family take on, on Batman was, like, really cool. I yeah. love that. I love that graphic novel. That was, like, oh, my God. What do you think about them sort of, like, saying they want to do a, a Joker standalone film? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to do, like, his, you know, how he became the Joker. Like, we've heard that story yeah. before. I wish, I, just, I wish at this point they would just cast a really cool actor and do a really good Joker story from the canon, mm-hmm. like Death in the Family, you know, or like yeah. so many great Joker stories. I just don't know why. I, I just think they have, they have to, they have to do something like that. I think mm-hmm. I'd rather see that. I don't need another 
you know, origin story for him. Like we get it. He's, he's cool and not knowing his origin, you know, like, like with the ledger one, he yeah. says, you know, this is how I got my scars. And he comes up with, you know, several different stories and you don't which know which one, one is real or if any. Which one was real? Do you think one was real? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I kind of like not knowing. I think that's so much cooler. Yeah. I think if, it. Yeah. I think if, if one was real, it would take away some of the, the chaos. And I don't know. I don't know. I've not really thought of it. But I love that. I love not knowing. You don't need to know. And... I think that's the thing you get with a lot of um, prequels and things like that is you're given information that you really don't need to know. You don't need to know where Boba Fett came from. You mean like for Rogue example, One? Uh, I li- actually liked Rogue One. I preferred Rogue One to Force Awakens, but um, I yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Well, that's a whole. Uh, that's a whole. <laughs> we could argue about that. <laughs> we could, like, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of, quite honestly, like any of the new movies. Like I mm-hmm. haven't been. I liked. It's one of those things where, <coughs> excuse me. I like. I like parts of all of them. Mm-hmm. I haven't liked any of them. I haven't like sat through one of those movies and been like, that was. I really enjoyed that. That was mm-hmm. great. I've always left sort of uncomfortable and sort of mystified and needing to see it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this whole thing with Solo and everyone's like, oh, there's no preview because Solo sucks and you know it's gonna be terrible. It's, it's just interesting. Like, oh. I think they like the trailers coming out this week. <laughs> yeah, well, they on Tuesday, I think on. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. One of the shows, but yeah, who knows? There, there, you know, yeah, origin stories and prequels and stuff like that. I think you know, it's just it's it feels like studios and and corporations milking a property. You mm-hmm. can just like feel them opening the cash register and begging you to put your money into it. And I just, I hate that. You know? Yeah. And I, <laughs> what's cool about what Marvel did? Look how I brought this back to Marvel. <laughs> no, but I think what's cool about you know what Marvel did with the TV shows on Netflix is that. You know they're rebooting a show in a in a in a in a certain style in a certain universe, and then Punisher has its own style and its own mm-hmm. universe and its own kind of uh, methodology. And and it's just like um, I think if you need you need to figure out a way to to, to do something new and exciting and fresh with something, and and mm-hmm. not uh, and not just sort of yeah. We had um, I mean because we've covered all the all the Marvel Netflix shows, and um, my co-host Tammy and I were discussing the Punisher as soon as it was announced. And I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if the Punisher is a character that can carry a show. And I had real doubts about it because I felt like he was more of a supporting character, but watching the show, I was, I was so impressed with, with what Marvel and Netflix and, and you guys did. And, um, we really enjoyed the show and we actually thought it had one of the stronger endings to any of the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, and it it really made the character very compelling without turning him into a hero, too much of a hero, too much mm-hmm. of a villain. Um, and it made us, it brought up a lot of discussion as well, um, which is what you want a show to do, you know. And it was entertaining and it made us cry and it made us laugh, you know. And I was so impressed. And it made me kind of think about how characters that we might think, oh, they're not really a character that, you know, can hold can be in the spotlight, you know, can if they're treated the right way, if you see what I mean. Which is why I thought yeah. it was kind of interesting thinking about, like, the Joker film as well, like we discussed. Yeah, I mean, the problem with the Joker film is that, you know, first of all, if you do a standalone Joker film, you, and you, you know, they're going to try to make him sort of write a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. And, I think he is a, and I think he is a sympathetic character. It's just more interesting to show someone as a sympathetic character, I think, without having to mine their entire lives and childhood and all of that. And I mm-hmm. think... There, there are so many nuanced reasons and so many layers of why we are who we are and do the things we do. And um, 
yeah, sometimes it's interesting to just sort of like jump into someone's life and kind of draw your own conclusions. Yeah, definitely. Yourself, but yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Bernthal was amazing. He just, you know, he really owns that character, and mm. and he understands that the character is not to be seen as someone who's a, you know, a straight out hero. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he understands the guy does what he does. It, it's it's based out of a a need to sort of not just avenge his his family, but like to kill his his own demons because mm-hmm. he's done some horrible things in his life. <clears throat> and they show that, you know, when when he was back in Afghanistan, and you know, he was a he was not a righteous sort of soldier. I mean, he was mm-hmm. uh, he did a lot of bad shit. And so, yeah, it's not like Daredevil. Like Daredevil's kind of a straight up like hero. I mean, yeah. there was some nuance to him, but but you know, he's a good guy. Like yeah. Charlie Plate is a good guy, and he's great. And it's a great series. I, I actually really love it. And um, but yeah, this is a different. This is a whole different kind of a thing. Definitely. A lot more grey, which I like. I like my character's grey. I was, I mean, saying about Daredevil, as you can see, another tattoo. I don't know if you can see it oh, nice. on my arm. Yeah, I mean, Dare, Daredevil's my boy. All those other uh, tattoos. Sorry? You needed that splash of colour. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a splash of colour. I've got, yeah, I've got loads of tattoos. But I, wow. I that's why I always liked him, uh, like Daredevil was... Um, uh, and my favourite DC character would be someone like Batman as well. I mean, because he's got the best rogues gallery out of any comic book character. Um, but I, I like the characters who are a bit more grey rather than... I like Captain America, but he's a bit too... Yay, you know, and... Yeah. You need a bit I, of grey there. Well, what was smart about the movies was that they took a lot of those sort of... Those characters that are sort of, you know, all-American mm-hmm. or whatever, and... and and sort of did them with a bit of a tongue-in-cheekness in those mm-hmm. movies. I think that that really helped. You know, sort of recognizing that these are characters from a bygone era. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, and sort of making fun of that, but then also saying, but also there is, you know, some layer of depth in them. I think that was a nice balance between the humor and the and the action in those movies. And uh, But yeah. And he had a fantastic... I mean, Captain America, Marvel gave him one of the best kind of, I think, character arcs out of any of the characters in the movies with... You see where he is in, like film one and where he is at the end of uh, Civil War is incredible and where he's going to be at the start of Infinity War. Um, one of the things I, I learned about you, because obviously we mentioned about you're a big David Lynch fan, but you're also yeah. a big fan of the director of my favourite film of all time, Harold and Maud, Hal Ashby. How did you know I was a fan of Hal Ashby? I think I saw it. <laughs> well, I've been stalking you, you see. No, I think I saw it in, a, in an interview you did with HuffPost. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I'm so glad somebody talks about that. But I also thought you like Wes Anderson because, you know, you have a Steve's issue. And obviously uh, Wes Anderson was influenced a lot by Hal Ashby as well. Yeah, yeah. This is, I I think you said this is not going out on video. So No, no, no video. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking, I have a a Steve Zissou pillow on my chair and we were chatting about that earlier. Um, Yeah, I'm a huge... uh, <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of 70s cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Robert Altman fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Hal Ashby fan. Um, I love, uh, I love like French Connection, All the President's Men. I love the sort of gritty action political thrillers of that era. Um, Jaws is Jaws is one of my favorite top five movies of all time yeah. for a variety of reasons, but also like it still it has that sort of 70s gritty indie film vibe thing mm-hmm. going on too, even though it's this big blockbuster movie as we all see it. But yeah, I, lo- I love it. And, and, uh, Oh my God, Ashby's great. I mean, being there is one of my favorite, favorite movies. And yeah, it's um, fantastic. I'm a big Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers fan too. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my jam. And I love, I love Mike Nichols and Oh my God, I could talk about those movies ad nauseum. Um, and yeah, and, and, and I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. Absolutely. Because he is, it's, you can see that, 
the, the connection very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I love that. I love that style. I mean, sometimes I get, I think he gets a little kitschy, a little too kitschy, a little too stylistic. <laughs> like yeah. Grand, Bud- Grand Budapest, I liked, but mm-hmm. it was still. Like, I was like, eh, it errors on the side of mm-hmm. like Fantastic Mr. Fox is its own thing, and like mm-hmm. it's enjoyable for what it is. But like when he his live action stuff gets a little too whimsical for its own good, I, I tune out. I'm yeah. Definitely, but for me, Life Aquatic was like perfection. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think not his best loved movie for sure. Yeah, it's, I think it's my favorite one of his, and I too. I and I love. I mean, there's loads of little things I love about it. I love. I mean, just thinking of one. The reason I love that movie is I love the very end of the movie when they're all walking towards the camera, which he was inspired by um, Buckaroo Banzai, which is a sci-fi film that I used to love. And yeah. it's it's directly inspired by that, which is totally. is awesome. And Jeff Goldblum's obviously in both part. of them. That so. Weird. That weird synthesizer music. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they're all joining him and they yeah, smile. Yeah, they're just like, dude, marching along. Did Amazing. he really say that he was directly influenced by that? I'm pretty movie? sure he has. Um, it makes I'm, sense. Yeah, exactly. But I love seeing that, how, like, you know, different different directors, you know, and directors and actors, people in the industry, obviously they have heroes as well that they look up to and they've inspired them. And I just I just think it's great. I love it. Um, but yeah, I think like Life Aquatic's my favorite as well. I think it's just such a great film. Um, talking of seventies directors, you have been directed by the man himself, Scorsese, in Wolf of Wall Street. <coughs> Indeed. How was that? It was strange. It was, yeah? uh, you know, I didn't have a huge role in that movie, but um, I got to work. There was a couple of days I got to work with just him and DiCaprio, and then there was um, I was on for another week during this whole wedding scene that they had and um it was weird yeah i've told the story before it was just he is like everybody everybody's interpretation of him that's sort of like caricature interpretation mm-hmm. for Sazy, that is him like, that <laughs> is just, and it's so fun to like meet these people in your mind you're like oh there's no way they are exactly how everyone thinks they are <laughs> and then when you meet them they're exactly that you're just yeah like, that's that's i don't know how to feel about that um <clears throat> yeah he talks a mile a minute and he's um very neurotic and very intense and has like you know i, I played a, a minor character in that movie and he had like a whole backstory for me and i was just like jesus that's okay <laughs> um but yeah he was he was great i mean he was and he's so smart and his stuff is so and he so elaborate and there's you know, so many shots and so much camera work and so many yeah it's just um he puts so much into every single little moment mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty incredible he's he's definitely um what's the word uh, not a not a megalomaniac. That's the wrong word. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm looking for. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> he's, so worried, he's just like worried about every tiny little detail. Perfectionist. Perfect. Sure. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Micromanager. I don't know. Yeah. Just, you know. I think, I think sometimes it goes to like a point where you're just like, okay, I think we can move on here. Like we don't need to like. It's just every bit of production design, everything is so calculated and so wow. careful, and so many takes. Yeah. Uh, that's how I imagine Wes Anderson to be, though, as well, with his symmetry, you know, and everything. I imagine him to be very much the same. I don't know, but... I, I think imagine... more laid back as, like, a personality yeah? is, what, is what I've heard, okay. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He's from Texas, so... Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, looking into... Because I, I was basically reading up on you, and I think it was in the HuffPost interview or another one, and I was like... Likes Hal Ashby, likes Twin Peaks. This guy's awesome. So I was like, we're gonna have a lot in common. Um, but I also saw that you uh, you toured with the uh, the Lion King when you did theatre, and yeah. I thought that was awesome because I worked as part of the opening crew for the Lion King in London when it came to London. Oh really? Yeah, I was working uh... for Disney, so I was on the sort of um, 
facing the public side and selling merch and stuff. But we used to like sneak downstairs and voice the hyenas and stuff when no one was looking, you know, during Be Prepared. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to ask who you played. Uh, I played Ed the hyena. Nice. And I also played, uh, Tim- I understudied Timon and Zazu, so I got to do those roles too. Um, I bet that was cool, though, yeah. doing the puppetry in that show. I mean, it's a it's an awesome yeah, show. Really, <clears throat> I, when I first started doing it, I, I I think about a month into it, I called my, who was my girlfriend at the time, now was my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, I was like, I'm quitting. Like, this is this, I, I can't do this. It's so hard. Like, those hyenas, you probably, you saw, like, what it's like to go into those hyenas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those suits are, like, 50 pounds. Yeah. And then you have to be basically hunched over, <clears throat> you know, With the crutches. Yeah, with the crutches and everything, mm. and, um, you know, they, they set up a hyena rest station backstage uh, <laughs> in every tour stop, you know, and they sort of coordinate off, and, you know, they sort of, there's a place for you to, like, take half the costume off, and they have fans and water for you, because it's, it's a grueling workout, but I'll tell yeah. you, I was in the best shape of my life. I weighed, like, nothing. <laughs> I was, like, all, like, lean muscle, and also the hyenas carry the elephant in, too. Yeah, so, yeah. In the, in the, <clears throat> but it was, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy time. I loved, I loved the, um, the, the Timon puppet, the Boon Raku mm-hmm. style puppetry with that. That was super fun. And, and I loved Zazu. I loved doing Zazu as well. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really crazy time in my life where I just was like, oh, my God, I'm in The Lion King. What am I? Why am I doing this? And where where am I? And <laughs> my career has kind of gone like that. You know, I've done like a lot of different varied things. I think it's been helpful to sort of it makes it helps me think on my feet wherever I am. It's like I'm yeah. never in a situation where I feel sort of like uncomfortable. I know that I can always kind of like wing it so to speak, whenever I'm, I'm trying to do something. But yeah, I definitely, the only problem I would say with Lion King, you know, is uh, it's very corporate. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely someone who likes to experiment and improvise and bring my creativity into bear. And that was mm-hmm. not, not, not so acceptable there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I mean, the show's been going for over 10 years in London, yeah. you know, and it's exa- like every performance is exactly the same. You know, it's, yeah. I just, it's, that's like death to me. Yeah. Um, so I had my time with it, and I was done with it after a little while. I was like, "That's that's enough. I can't. I can't not. I can't be stifled in this way." And you know, the machine marches on and whatever. But uh, it was a fun. It was a fun gig. It was definitely, you know, performing those songs in front of like you know five, six thousand people was like insane. <laughs> like, just so strange. Um, I mean, it's kind of a different way of doing it as well. Like obviously, yeah. all your movements, like particularly with Timon and stuff, have to be. I mean, with all of them, have to be so exaggerated. It's a completely different way of performing, I guess, on yes. stage that you would do, a completely different to film and television as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a general sort of thing about the difference between theater and film. And, you know, people ask you, like, oh, what's the difference between theater acting and film acting? There's really no difference. It's more about just technique. You know, it's about, like, <coughs> you don't need to project mm-hmm. in film and TV because you're mic'd and you don't have to... Um, you know, your, your physicality needs to be somewhat restrained because it has to be a more naturalistic, sort of more subtle thing because of, you know, that box that you have to, that you're sort of uh, trapped in. But at the same time, I think the intention and the passion and the emotion and, and, and the intention is always the same. So I mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it always has to be like, you know, it's a thing. I, I hate when people talk about the difference between the two. It's simply, <coughs> it's simply a technique thing and it, and, it, and it just has to be like, you just have to sort of focus your energy in a different way. But it's the same, it comes from the same place, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It has to, um, but yeah, I, I love doing theater. It's just, it's such a grind. It's so mm-hmm. tedious sometimes. And the, the thing, I, I was talking about this the other day, like the thing I don't miss about doing theater is that sort of audience dependent thing, which is, you know, mm-hmm. you, go out, you go out on stage and the, the, the 
the performance is definitely it's you know it's an actor driven media um, medium. So no matter what, you know, like I, I have control over what I'm doing mm-hmm. out there, and there's something very exciting and freeing about that. The problem is you come out on stage for a play or music, whatever you're doing. Pretty much within like five minutes, you can tell if that audience is with you or not, regardless yeah. of how good you are that night. Like you may be giving the best performance of your life, but the audience is just like the vibe is weird, the energy's not there, whatever the great reason is, that audience is just not gelling with mm-hmm. the play or with themselves. Then you got to be out there for like two hours doing this yeah. thing, <laughs> this thing, and you're like, oh. Whereas <laughs> in film and TV, you go in, you do your work like a. You know, you're being almost like a sculptor or a crafter. You know, you're going in, you like craft your performance, you do the thing, you you may get a few takes, you talk to the director, you work with your fellow actors, and then you're done and you go home and you like leave you leave it out there. You know what I mean? It's not, mm-hmm. a, not trying to sort of please anyone but yeah. yourself and the artists that you're working with. And I find that very, there's something much more comforting and much more, for me, it's more freeing. For me, it's mm-hmm. more about the work and the craft. And I find that theater is more about a sort of need to please or a pleasing the audience and a thing. And I think there's place for that and room for that. And there are times when I, I would enjoy that, but for the most part, it's yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't miss it that much. <laughs> yeah. I did theater as well years ago and I, I am terrible at performing, but I just did theater because I was doing set design and production and I loved that. Yeah. And then they would obviously make you perform as well. And I could never do it. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I very much admire you guys that can do it. Cause yeah, yeah, it's, I find it terrifying. Um, so, so speaking about The Punisher, one of the things I have to mention, my, my co-host, um, Tammy, uh, uh, basically the way our show runs is when the show hit Netflix, The Punisher, I sat and watched the entire show in two days um, and watched the entire thing. This is what happens with all the Netflix shows. And then my co-hosts, um, and for Punisher it was uh, a friend of mine, Tammy, uh, we covered an episode a week or two episodes a week. So she would have no idea what was coming up in the show. Oh, okay. And one of the things she predicted was, I think about three episodes in, I think, first of all, when she saw your character, she was like, oh, I think he's he might be a bad guy. I think he's going to be a bad guy. I think he's going to like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he's going to, you know, um, turn on them or whatever. And I think it was quite early on. She was like, I don't, I don't think he's going to live that long. <laughs> And I sort of said, "Why?" And she was like, "I think he's too good. I think he's. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna die." And then we started um, discussing that he, Sam Stein, had to be a good guy because there are no bad Sams in cinema and TV. Know, we were trying to think of I, them. Didn't you post? You posted something about that. I think I did. Yeah, I, I think I did. On it. That's when I first met you. Oh, cool. Yeah, because we were like thinking, and we were like. Samwise Gamgee, Sam Beckett. We were like, <laughs> they're all good Sams. Um, a, but yeah. Did you, you had a whole thing on Twitter about that. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I couldn't post anything until we got to that episode, obviously, when you had your death scene. So. And you're told, and I think you're told, I thought that was great. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's totally true. Um, I think I made a comment like I, w- I would have like, I would have absolutely helped, you know, Dina throw throw Billy into it, into the, into the, oh, yeah. to the fires of Mordor or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, yeah. How do I respond? <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I guess I'll just, um, no. no, I just wanted to mention that. But one of the, uh, one of the other things that, uh, Tammy, uh, said that I had to ask you was, and I think this is when we probably knew that 
your character wasn't going to make it is when <laughs> Sam's talking about he has a date coming up and it's like, oh yeah, I've got this date. And and then I think Tammy said that's when she was like, oh, he's going to die. Things are looking too good for him. So what she wanted to know was, did you sort of have a story for that in your head? Like, is that something you kind of created and like thought about kind of Sam's life, you know, outside of the agency and that kind of thing for this character or not really? <laughs> Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, I think it's <clears throat> it's valuable to have some context for what you're doing, for sure, as an actor, and, and build some of that world out. But also, it's so much more important, I think, to focus on like the moment-to-moment mm-hmm. interactions that you have in these shows and with the other actors. And I think being connected and making sure the intention of the writing and the and what that scene is trying to convey was, was sort of m- more of what I was focused on. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I knew he was going to die from time I went in for the audition like I knew that this Mm. character had an end I didn't know how he was going to die and then I had conversations with the showrunner Steve Lightfoot about it and like you know I knew that it was I mean I kind of like didn't think about it I was like oh maybe they'll change their mind but they had a very specific I mean this was very plotted out for a long time I came on board and you know the arc of the show and the way it works and my death being this sort of iconic death for Mm -hmm. the show because it kind of informs the final act of the series in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. And, you know, sends Dina on this path and exposes Billy and all this kind of stuff. It really, like, becomes the thing that is the catalyst for the show reaching this up, the, the final point. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I and my death kind of hangs over the, the last part. So, like, it's a very big, you know, it means a lot and it's very sort of, but I tried not to sort of treat it in any special way. And, you know, mm-hmm. Amber didn't know, they didn't tell her. And then... Oh, really? Yeah, they told her a few months in and she was like, she was really broken up. She was really devastated by it. Um... And she was mad at me for not telling her. And I was like, well, I, 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 like I, I wanted us to have sort of an organic, um, you know, uh, relationship that didn't have that hanging over. Like I wanted to at least yeah. establish some rapport and some understanding and whatever, even just between us as, as actors and as mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think it was helpful. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely played him with some mystery and with some... I mean, so I've heard anything from I thought he was a bad guy to I really hated your character at first. <laughs> and, and I think that that's and first I'm like, well, F you, man. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I think that I think it's just because you didn't. And I think this is what I do as an actor. And I think that that's cool. That Like I did this for the for the Nick when I was on Soderbergh's mm-hmm. TV series. And my character on that show was also someone who like when you first meet him, you're like, I don't know whether to like this guy. He's like mm-hmm. kind of charming, but kind of creepy and also kind of like egotistical. But maybe he's just like really do maybe like I like being that Mm. kind of actor I like presenting that kind of performance I think that's a very sort of Altman-esque Hal Ashby 70s -hmm. thing which I think it fit really well with the Punishers I think they were totally going for that style Mm. kind of 70s gritty cinema um so I I think I I purposely was not trying at first and and sort of Mm -hmm. moment to moment not wanting to be liked not wanting to be knowing that he was a good person and knowing that like you know, he, he is the, like, sort of heart and humanity of that show. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, like, but but it's but it's it's not an... It's it's more Mark Hamill in, in Last Jedi than Mark Hamill in the original trilogy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's by way of, you know... I, I say he's sort of like the Obi-Wan Kenobi by way of, like, Mel Brooks. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and that sort of humor, you know, I, I imagine he's a born and bred New Yorker and that sort of... And I just, I, what I do is I bring a lot of who I am to these characters, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm, I think I'm edgy and complex. And I'm not someone that is sort of just black and white when you meet me. I think people are like, mm-hmm. oh, that's an interesting guy. Like, I don't think anyone's, I, I think most people are not like, I, I hated you at first. 
I definitely got it. I know where you were coming from at first, which is, which is awesome. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Was that, was that helpful? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think most people are way more complex than, you know, that's why, I, like I said earlier, I like grayness in characters and, um, no, definitely. I think you and Amber played so well off of each other. And I agree with you when you said that I think Sam was like the heart of the show. And obviously, in some ways, you know, as a character, he had to die because it had to propel everything else forward. And the audience had to, you know, had an idea that Billy was bad before that. But then they had to go, oh, he's really bad. You know, yeah. he's a really bad guy. And I think, and I, um, first of all, the show's called The Punisher. Mm-hmm. So people were going to die. You know, what I mean? <laughs> It's not like Daredevil where it's like, you know, one death maybe every couple of se- seasons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is... This is a brutal, realistic show. Like, violence has consequences. And <clears throat> I think that's that's the point of it, you know? And I think that, um, look, I, you know, people are like, oh, you must be so mad and upset and all this stuff. And I'm like, how can I be mad? How can I be anything but grateful mm-hmm. to be part of, you know, this show and this universe? And then to get, like, such a badass, iconic death. I mean, people, are, people have said many times that, like, that episode's the best episode. You know, mm-hmm. and that, like whole death scene is like one of the best things they've seen in any Marvel show. Like, yeah, I've gotten a lot of comments and, you know, like that in and of itself, like to be able to bring that kind of um, intensity and, and that sort of, you know, Hamlet-esque almost. Yeah. And to my character was like, really, I say that because I played Hamlet and I've done a lot of Shakespeare. Nice. <laughs> I am a Shakespearean actor at heart. Um, uh, you know, it, it meant a lot, you know, because you could be one of these characters in these movies or TV shows that just sort of languish, that get annoying after a while. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I uh, yeah, I, it's very, I'm very conflicted. You know, I, I loved playing him. I wish I could play more of him. Um, he was a fun character to play. I loved the, the, the action stuff was fun. And, um, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. It's, uh, it was a, it was a good ride. I'm getting, getting more, I just mourn myself. <laughs> I just want to check, how are we doing for time? Are you able to do about another 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, they have I to wanted to ask important questions that ever were asked in history. Oh, the pressure! Oh, ah. no, no pressure. <laughs> well, I did want to um, uh, to ask you about. Um, there was a quote on on your HuffPost interview, actually, which I thought was really powerful and very moving. And so I was going to read it back to you and then just kind of ask you about it, um, in which you said. Um, we live in turbulent times, and I hope that through my work and then my interactions with the fans, we can help build a better, stronger, warmer community where we all feel more love and acceptance. I hope that having the platform of being in a Marvel show and having that kind of visibility will allow me to help causes I believe in, um, which is a, such a beautiful quote, I think. And obviously, I, I know um, you recently had your first uh, comic convention, and we spoke about those sort of a while back, I think. Yeah. And how did you sort of find that, and how are you finding it sort of um, speaking with the fans and the, the the interactions you've had with the fans? Yeah, I mean, as we've talked about and as you've seen, like, I, I, I'm a huge fan. You know, mm-hmm. like, I am one of these fans. <laughs> I'm a fan of many things. I'm a fan of... I'm a geeky fan of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, Twin Peaks, John Carpenter movies. Like, I have toys and T-shirts and artwork and fan art that I've bought at Comic-Con. I have to ask now, what's your favorite John Carpenter movie? That's really, really hard. He's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tie. I'm actually going to see, they're showing Big Trouble in Little China, 35 nice. million of it at the Alamo Draft House here in Brooklyn in a couple oh, weeks. Sweet. Um, and I just saw, and they just showed... 
an original 70 millimeter print of the thing, which was incredible. Oh, incredible. Yes. On the big screen, 70 millimeter. It was a shitty print though. It was like blue and like all whacked out, like you know. But it was like you felt like it was like 1981. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I saw original print of the Elephant Man, and it was kind of a bad print. Yeah. But it's just seeing the original print, you know, is just like amazing. The texture of it, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost seeing film as theater in a, in a way. Absolutely, yeah. So, so I interrupted you. I heard John Carpenter and had to ask. <laughs> but this is good build up to like kind of what I'm going to say, because this is mm-hmm. like the way I talk about these things. I would, by the, but just to answer your question, it's a, it's a three way tie between Big Trouble in Little China, They Live and The Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can't help it. I have to have that three way tie there. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I love, I love almost all of them. Um, <laughs> almost all. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah. There's a, few, there's a few, but we don't have to get into it. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I'm a fan. You know, when Mark Hamill, I mentioned Mark Hamill in an interview I did, and then I tweeted about it, and then Mark Hamill tweeted me this really awesome message mm-hmm. about it, and then signed it like, love Mark Hamill, or something. It was like the most incredible thing that ever happened to me. I was mm-hmm. like, it was because I had acknowledged that he was my childhood hero, and he like completely acknowledged it back to me, and I was just like, oh. holy shit. And then I took, I remember, and you can go back and see this, like, I took a picture of the tweet, I took my lightsaber, I took a picture of myself with the lightsaber, with the tweet, <laughs> and then I took all of that, tweeted it, and then I took that picture, and I put it on Instagram. <laughs> so, my point being, I, I love the idea that I get to be a fan within the universe, and mm-hmm. my goal going forward, you know, it's almost been more more gratifying and more special than being in the show, is being having this platform and, like, being able to talk to fans, get to know people, get mm-hmm. to meet people like yourself and, like, go on podcasts and, and, and geek out and, and be a part of this, like, really beautiful, wonderful community where, you know, it's not political, it's mm-hmm. not about economics, it's not about class or anything else or race or gender. It's just about, like, loving, like, a mutual love for something. And I just think that, like, the world could use a lot more of that right now. Um, I've tried to stay steer clear of like politics. I mean, I look, I have my political views about many things and I'm passionate about it, but I think within this universe, within this like fan culture, I try to stay away from that. And I try to just sort of see people for, for what they are deep down for what they love. And I think through that, you know, bridges can be built and, and, and I think not to get like heavy handed about it, but I think lives can be saved that way. You know, people, mm-hmm. people feel an acceptance through the love of, through this culture, you know, through the, the love of what they love. And, yeah. um, and, you know, I've said it many times, like, and you can see it on my social media, like people are so people seem to be so surprised and also like thrilled that I respond to so many people. And like I talk back to tons of people on Twitter and 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 Instagram and get into like full on conversations with complete strangers. Like, I don't care. It means a lot that they got in touch with me. It means a lot that they love what I do. And I know and I love what other people do. So I, I feel like it's all feeding a, a, a beautiful um, a beautiful kind of thing, a beautiful, yeah. And it's like a campfire. And I've said this many times, like, this is like, I got the opportunity to like light my own campfire and I invite everyone to come sit with me and like roast marshmallows and tell stories and (laughs) geek out and have fun and like, you know, pass the conch and talk about what you want to talk about. Cause I want to listen, you know? And, and, uh, so yeah, I, that's, and that's why I, I I have some more comic cons booked. I'm going to be going to, uh, a few other places coming up and um my next one's Pensacon in Florida which mm-hmm. I'm excited about it's a really cool cool one you know like i want to do as many of those as possible because i want to hang out and be with fans and do panels and 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 just my favorite thing to do at the comic con i just did was not sit there and wait for people to come and buy my autograph like 
mm-hmm. thanks very much, everyone. That's lovely, and I can make a little money. Okay, cool. But like, I couldn't wait to get up from my booth and walk around the Comic Con and like buy toys and like talk to artists. I love fan artists. Like, that's my favorite thing. I mm-hmm. love comic book artists. I love people who do pop culture stuff and, and sculptures and mixed media and all that stuff. And I love meeting those people at all these different Comic Cons. And it was so cool. Like, I go up and I'd be like, oh my god, this is such a cool thing. And they'd be like. Wait, you're Sam Stein from the Punisher. I'm like, yeah, so what? I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, oh sure, but like, your art is amazing. Like, I buy your art. They're like, yes, of course. And it's just like so silly to me sometimes, but also like, I truly like, I, I left with like two bags of shit from from the last Comic Con I did. It was like people's, you know, people's art and people's stuff, and I, you know, bought some Funkos and like, that's just me, you know. And I and so I, I hope to. Yeah, I, sorry, this is a very long-winded answer. No, it's okay. No, keep going. But it really, it really just, it means, and I get emotional sometimes talking about it, but it really means the world to me to be able to have have the, the visibility to then, you know, help everyone who doesn't have that visibility mm-hmm. feel like they have a voice too. And like, you know, and, and anytime someone does a piece of fan art, like I post it, you know, someone who has 20 followers then has like 500 followers. And mm-hmm. if I can make that happen for someone, like that's cool for me. Like I just... I hope this journey continues in that way. And, and I have a little, I can't talk about it yet, but we can talk about it maybe another time. I have a little project yeah, sure. Marvel that I'm working on that kind of nice. is, is a little bit in this way and, and kind okay. of, <laughs> I, I don't want anyone, everyone to start conjecturing, but, uh, but yeah, my, my journey with this, with this is not over in terms of uh, my mission for like kind of where I'm at and what I want awesome. to do and, and how I want to interact with fans. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to come over to the UK or come over to Europe and do some of those cons too. I know my one yeah. person who reps me is she, she said we might have a, an offer or two there, but yeah, I mean, anyone listening, you know, I, I, I'd love to, you know, it's, and that's, and that's how you do it through the comic cons, you know, that's the way to mm-hmm. actually meet people and, and, uh, and, and interact in person. But, um, yeah, boy, that was a lot. Yeah, it'd be awesome if you, if you came over for one of the London ones and yeah, I love, I love, I love being, um, I love I love being able to be other people. I feel like I have other people's. I'm able to give other people a little bit more of a voice mm-hmm. uh, in the community and uh, and kind of break down also break down the walls between fans and the people that they're fanning about. Mm-hmm. That we're fans too. That I'm a geek too. That I'm a person. That like this is all we're we're all on the same level. This is just because you see me on that thing doesn't mean I'm any less insecure or weird or geeky <laughs> or dorky or anything. You know, and it's just it's fun to be able to. Like, it, it, to, to um, have a platform too for the things that I love and talk about the things that I love, mm. you know, and, and get to meet. And I was telling you earlier before we started, we officially started our podcast, <laughs> you know, I re- reached out to a couple of people on Twitter that I loved from the new season of Twin Peaks and they wrote back to me and then we followed each other and now we message each other sometimes. And like, I just love that, you know, and, and yeah. I think being, being the position I'm in, I get to do that too. I get to like have a more direct line to the people that I love. So that's mm-hmm. really cool for me. I think as well, if you could, people can always tell if you're, you know, if you're being fake or if you're genuinely, you know, your you, enthusiasm and passion is, is a lovely thing to see in people. And I, you know, and it's, it's just nice because they're, they're obviously passionate about what they do as well. And they can tell that you're passionate and you can, yeah. you know, like you said, you can sort of, um, I don't know, connect over that. And I think it's great, you know, and I've, when I've spoke to people from the shows, like whether it's, it's actors like yourself or writers or directors or people, you know, everyone loves what they do. And I obviously love what you guys do because we're watching the shows and, and loving them. And it's just nice to talk to people about something we all love. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, just great. Yeah. yeah. 
it's, yeah, it's, so, it's so, a, lot of, a lot of, you know, it's a lot of negativity going on in the world right now. So yeah, definitely. There's a there's a space for being entertained, and you know, I think that that's that's uh, it's important. We need that distraction sometimes. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've kept you long enough. I'm going to. I just wanted to mention one thing you've got coming up, which sounds really cool. Which is, um, you've got a movie coming out, I believe, this year called Can't Have You, which you are the lead in. Yeah, we're waiting to hear when that's going to be released and what's going on with that. Um, yeah, I'm working on some writing projects. I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. um, I have a TV pilot that uh, I wrote. Oh, nice. That's got some got some interesting traction right now, and we're hopefully going to be pitching it around. It's about. Um, about dads in Brooklyn, sort of. I, I think I saw something about yeah, that as well. Sort yeah. of catastrophe esque. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're a fan of that show, but I. <gasps> I I've never seen it. I've heard oh, of it. So <laughs> Takes place in yeah. your beautiful city. It's uh, yeah, it's so good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I have a sci-fi relationship kind of movie that I'm uh, co-wrote that we've been trying to get off off the ground for a while. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, to get some interest going for that and. Um, like I said, I've got a little Marvel project going on, which mm. hopefully I'll be able to talk about fairly soon. I promise to come cool. back and talk to you about it. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's the great thing about being in a show like this. The visibility of, of it too, is that like you get to, you get a little bit more street cred, you know, mm -hmm. for the things you want to do. And, um, it opens up a lot of doors, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm back to auditioning, you know, and, um, hopefully be on, you know, another series soon and, and auditioning for films and TV and all sorts of stuff. And just did an episode of Madam Secretary that at, aired a couple weeks ago here in the States, um, which probably means you guys will get it in about two years, right? Probably, know. yeah. Well, I, I know as well you were in a, um, an episode of The Marvelous Miss Mabel, which Ms. I've not no, seen. No, Mrs. Mabel. Mrs. Maisel. Oh, see, yeah. I've, I've not seen it. I know Tammy is a massive fan and keeps telling oh. me to see it. Yeah, um, I have so many TV shows. I... I yeah, I'm. I'm very ashamed to say I've never seen Orange Is the New Black either, and uh, I know you're in that. Uh, yeah, well, you wouldn't see me because I was cut out of it. Oh no! <laughs> well, I now I'm not going to watch it. I mean, but no, it's funny. Like I love Stranger Things. I, I was a big fan of the first season, and I just, you know, having twin girls and being busy and mm -hmm. whatever. Like, you know, like you said, there's so many TV series, and I, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. Stranger Things two yet. And um, I, I recently became friends with Randy Havens, who plays uh, Mr. Clark on Stranger mm -hmm. Things, and. Um, we were hanging out down in Miami at Miami Comic Con, and it's so funny. And then she and I were watching it. My wife and I were finally getting into it, and I texted him the other day. I was like, "I'm finally watching you and enjoying you immensely in season two. So it's like there are all I have all these things that I have to like watch, especially because I have like, yeah. friends in them, or I have. But it's like it's impossible. There's like so many. There's so much. So like many, I, I, I watch so many shows for podcasts, and you know, you haven't finished what? Sorry, I haven't. Hit, I haven't finished the new Black. I love Black Mirror, and I haven't even finished that. Oh, season. it's yeah. so good. So I can't good. watch. I can only watch those in like uh, very small increments. <laughs> yeah, I go insane. Yeah, you you have to space those out definitely. The last episode is awesome. One of my favorites, I think. Really, I mean. I'm a massive fan of Black Mirror. I think it's yeah, too. fantastic. It's the, the movie. The movie that I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, I, we actually wrote it and conceived of it before Black Mirror came out, but um, uh, it, it has that. It's in that vein. It's like right. Oh, nice. Exactly in my wheelhouse of like where I love to create and write and, and explore. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, he's great. That and sounds he's, awesome. And he's hiring a lot more American actors, so, you know. I know, I know. You need to get in on that, yeah. Pretty well, awesome. you know, if there's another season of Twin Peaks, oh my get in on that. Yeah, 25 years, you know, I'll be an old man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah. Would, oh my God. 
if you could, if you said like if you could be in anything, I'd probably say like yeah. you know, another season of Twin Peaks would be my first choice. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, incredible. So, um, so I wanted to obviously say a big thank you not only to for coming on the podcast, but as I say to everyone, just you know, from me and I'm sure from all the listeners and my co-hosts, just like a big thank you for for you for being like a, a you know a small part of the these shows you know and this marvel uh, marvel netflix universe that has has happened a big part of this show that we've just so much enjoyed and for helping to bring that to the screen for the fans you know just a big thank you for for your part in it and it it was such a good show and i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the character next um i think you guys all did an awesome job in the show yeah oh thanks yeah it was we really were proud of it and um yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with the next season and yeah. you know, wait for my uh, wait for that phone call to be in that dream sequence in episode uh, six. Yep. Um, Will you come back and torture uh, Ben Barnes? You know. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put it past them to bring. Uh, you know, I might I might be a little offended if I don't come back in some kind of like, <laughs> some kind of. Well, they they've said you know they don't know what's going to happen with him if he wakes up, so maybe he has some kind of hallucinations of uh, being stalked by by Sam Stein. There you I've go. Got lot, I've got a lot of love online on uh, social media the, who want who desperately want revenge for me, and so uh, yes, yeah. Imagine me coming back and, and somehow destroying him from the dead, like as a vampire or a robot. <laughs> or something. I've gotten all sorts of like combinations of you should be come back as this with a thing and a da da da. I'm like right, those all sound great. Um, yep. But yeah, thanks. It was a pleasure. Uh, it was a pleasure to do it, and I'm, and thank you for watching it. And thanks for you know no no worries having this podcast yeah, and like keeping all this stuff going and keeping us all entertained yourself and you know this is, <laughs> this is what it's all about you know yeah definitely and um is, is there anywhere that, uh, that you want to plug that people can follow you online like social media yeah sure i'm like the underscore king at all my social media names because <laughs> everyone took my name apparently <laughs> there's a lot of michael nathansons or a lot of nathansons on social media but uh yeah come follow me on instagram uh it's michael underscore nathanson uh i'm the michael nathanson with the little blue check mark Mm-hmm. If you have trouble finding me. Uh, <laughs> same on Twitter, the little check mark, and that uh, my Twitter handle is uh, m underscore Nathanson one. And uh, awesome. chances are, if you message me or say hi, I will certainly message you right back. Awesome. Hopefully, we get lots of messages now once I've released the episode oh. <laughs> saying hi. <laughs> hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, Thank you so much. I'm going to let you go because I know you you have to go anyway. I got to pick will, up the girls from school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will obviously let you know once the the uh, episode drops, and please let me know if there's a particular photo you want used. Um, you know, if there's Just anything, or if you're not look the be- most handsome. Okay. All right. Cool. It's going to be the one with the lightsaber. Whatever that is in your opinion. Yeah, you could. Okay. Use- you could use a photo from the from the show. I'm sure there's, there's tons from the show. I like the one of you sitting in front of the Punisher stuff like this, like you're oh, meditating. Yeah. That's that, really cool. Do you know where that was? What that was? That no, was, no, no. That was at the premiere in New York at yeah. the after party. The DJ booth was all tricked out, like the Punisher, and it had that. That was the. D, I was sitting in front of the DJ booth, and there were candles all around it. So I I ran over there and so did cool. that yogi pose. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like the fucking coolest picture I ever. It's so cool. It's like you're in the church of Frank Castle. It's, it's like, very cool. Yeah, there's nothing. There's like it's like perfection that picture. Like I cannot <laughs> believe how good that picture turned out. Because I saw it too, and I was like, and I'm good at like I, I usually know when there's a good picture to be had. Like I have, I keep releasing all of those pictures of me at Marvel with all the different characters. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen like doing like yeah, I've seen a few. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's yeah. lots more to come. Uh, awesome. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it's like I saw that and I was like, 
I'm about to take, I knew I was, I'm about to take the best picture I've ever taken. <laughs> and more people, because, more people didn't pose in front of that. No, like you've got, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I would have totally posed in front oh, of that, you know. Oh, I'm such a dork, man. I do that all the time. I'm you see anything like I'm, I'm going to be the one that runs up in front of it is like, you know, like posing in front of it. Yeah, has to be done. Cool. Thank you so much. Anyway, and yeah, and best of luck for everything in the future and have a great weekend uh, and rest of the day as well. Like weekend for me, it's almost the weekend for me now. So, um, but yeah, um, best of luck with everything in the future. It's like almost like 20 to nine. So, you know. And you have, cool. a, you have you have kid or one kid two kids one kid no I have no kid no You're no no with a child in a picture uh, it's just a child I stole no it's my nephew <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay. there's a there's a photo that was a, a photo of me and my brother in law and my nephew and I had to crop my brother in law out because it really looked like it was me and my husband and my child so I had to make it very like clear I know exactly where I've stolen a child uh, no I have I have no children I love children but definitely none for me it's having a nephew's fun enough i get to be the cool auntie you know so it's cool yeah yeah it was good talking to you too and like i said when i when i can talk more about this thing i'm doing yeah absolutely you're gonna dig it you're gonna dig it it's also it's kind of in your wheelhouse so uh also i'm excited yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and we're happy to have you on again anytime honestly and we'll we'll keep following you on social media and any things you've got we'll obviously give them a plug and a retweet and do whatever we can i really appreciate it yeah yeah cool good to meet you thanks so much you too have a good day Bye. bye Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!